0: I Suck at Dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hey everybody, and welcome
1: to an all-new episode of Help. I Suck at Dating. This is Jared Haben. I'm back in studio from my long vacation over East, joined always by the beautiful Dean Ungler, Mark and Easton in studio. Everybody, round of applause, round of applause. Uh, Vanessa is not here this week, but we do have a very special guest who is on the phone right now, which is a surprise for Dean. Dean, do you know who this person is? I don't. Who is it?
0: Okay, so it's renowned L.A. legendary chef... Roy Choi now that's not the reason for the surprise
2: wait I think I do know who it is well who do you think it is the reason for the surprise go ahead because there's a pop-up hot cheeto restaurant in LA for three
0: days wait are you kidding me on the line right now
2: and for people that don't know Dean loves I tried to make a reservation at the New York restaurant last year didn't get to do it I tried to make a reservation at the LA restaurant this year book solid
1: well we have the right person that you can contact for a reservation he's on the line right now Roy are you out there
2: Yes, we're fully booked, though. Sorry. Yeah, I told you. No! I told you. No! You can't get my
0: hopes up like this, you guys.
2: Oh, my gosh. We'll,
0: we, we'll get to the next part of the surprise <laughs> in a second, but talk to Roy about this amazing thing they're doing.
2: Roy, how are you? Will you fill us in a little bit about what you've been doing?
3: Yes, hello. I'm here right now. We're getting set up for tonight. Tonight's the opening night pop-up of the Flaming Hot Cheetos Spot. Incredible. Flaming Hot Spot Restaurant. It's a three-day pop-up using Flaming Hot Cheetos and everything, like everything.
2: Which just sounds like my dream restaurant, which makes me, I'm so honored to have you on air here with us because as anyone that follows me on Instagram or is just close to me or or anyone knows, I'm obsessed with hot Cheetos. Every single kind of hot Cheeto, whether it's the regular ones, the extra, extra hots, the spicy limon ones, whatever they are. Um, Tell us a little bit about maybe what inspired you for all of this stuff, because if I was a culinary artist such as you, I probably would do the exact same thing, but obviously not quite to the ability that you're able to do it. So tell us kind of where you got the inspiration, all that kind of stuff from.
3: Yeah, you gotta come by and we got every flavor. I, I think for me it was, this was uh look into my fun side, you know, like I I mean you could I'm very I'm a very serious person but like we all have a fun side and this is my fun side and uh what my fun side really is is Kogi and Chego. I'm out there on the streets cooking tacos and burritos and quesadillas and then at Chego we're making rice bowls. So it's like I know the fans that love our food love hot Cheetos. So mm-hmm. it's like let's make our food but with hot Cheetos and that's exactly what we did. Yeah,
1: right. sorry, Roy. You got your start with food trucks, right?
3: Yeah, with Kogi, the Kogi Korean barbecue taco truck.
1: That's awesome. And then, then, uh, yeah. So now you're you're on to Cheetos, which is amazing. I'm looking at some of the entrees here. Dean, is anything catching your eye? <laughs> everything delicious. is catching my eye right now. The
2: main thing I w- yeah. I really want to try is the flaming hot ranch wings. The Chipotle oh, ranch. Well, fact, we're oh, the the bringing some there. in the for you. right now. Oh, oh my there's God. the Surprise! So
1: it's flaming hot. Chipotle ranch wings, oh, which sound the one right amazing. Here on the plate in front of me. This is amazing. <laughs> and then there's a Cheetos sweet and spicy chili meatballs. Good God in yeah. heaven. This sounds like heaven.
3: That's really good. It's like uh, sweet, and, it's sweet and spicy together. Oof. Really you, good. Roy, do you like hot Cheetos? I love them. Nice. I love them. It's my, it's my number one snack. So,
2: so that's just what you were like. I know there's a big uh, fan cult following of hot Cheetos. Obviously, you make good food. You're like, why not combine the two and see what happens?
3: Yeah, you know, it's like one of those things. I mean, you guys are uh, in entertainment. It's one of those things where, like, something that you're already using, and if the brand contacts you and wants to do a collab, it's like it makes it even better.
2: So Hot Cheetos reached out to you, and they are like, hey, let's work together and make something magical. Yeah. that's. I'm so envious right now. I, there are so many <laughs> feelings that are coursing through me, and, I, and one of those is envy. So that's awesome. Well, I think I've reached out to Hot Cheetos so many times, I'm like, you guys, listen. I'll be I'll, I'll, you <laughs> I'll be your I'll do spokesperson, whatever it takes. spokesperson please. I'll mop the floors, I'll clean the bathrooms, just let me be part of the Hot Cheeto franchise please.
3: Well, uh I'll I'll tell I'll tell the team today. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate <laughs> it.
2: So, when is the pop-up uh, in Los Angeles? When do you guys open doors? Uh tonight. 5:30.
3: Tonight. Uh-huh. We open tonight at 5:30 for the next 3 days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, in Hollywood on Kohanga and Franklin.
2: So, I guess it must have been a big hit back in New York then, right? In order for you guys to to bust out here on the West Coast, too. Yeah, I don't know. I really didn't know too much about
3: last year, um, but this year is crazy. So you oh. know, oh, were you... whatever whatever New York was, LA is going to top it because it's LA, baby.
2: Right. Oh, so you weren't you weren't part of the New York uh, launch last year, then? Huh? No, this was the first year they contacted me. Very cool. So okay, I'm gotcha. really excited. Um
1: awesome. So are all three nights booked up?
2: Yeah, they sold out in
1: like
3: 30 minutes. That's <laughs> insane. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm looking at the three. So it's a three course menu and it's between price between $11 and $32. And it's just like, where did you come up with some of the ideas, like ideas? Like, for example, you have a Cheetos dessert menu. I, I see a Cheetos yeah. Sweetos hot cake. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, you know, good <laughs> alliteration right there. Um, a, a Chester Cheetos churro, a hot Ooh, chocolate shake. Good. Wait, what's the hot chocolate shake? Does that have any Cheetos in it?
3: Yeah, it does. It's like um it's like a spicy miccelata chocolate milkshake.
2: I'll be honest, I don't know if I could do that one.
3: <laughs> I think no, I think really Cheetos good. to me
2: exclusively the crunch and I don't think I could sip one through a straw. But again, I could be cool. mistaken.
3: No, we grind it up into the milkshake so it just makes the milkshake spicy, almost like spicy chocolate. And um and then we rim the glass like a margarita, but with crushed Cheetos. What? Oh my
1: god, you're telling me there's
3: a crushed <laughs> Cheeto
2: rim on this milkshake? Holy God, the five-alarm Cheeto yeah. stick—that sounds good. What's Roy? What's your favorite?
3: Uh, I think the meatballs are really, really the good. Meatballs? The meatballs? The, the wings are crazy too, because it's like all layered. It's in the marinade, it's in the crust, it's dusted on top. It's, it's really, really good.
2: That's amazing.
1: I mean, and this is the perfect date night for Dean. Uh, this is, I, God, Dean. I wish you could bring a date could there. Go. Oh wow! You could go. Tell us about your experience. It sounds amazing. Well, the good thing is, though, here's the thing: if you can't make it out to LA, you can also enjoy the dishes at home. You can order all the recipes and the ingredients, and they can be delivered to your door through Amazon Fresh. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you can.
3: Oh, yeah, do, that's right.
1: Yeah, you can download all the recipes on CheetosFlaminHotSpot.com. You can try them yourself, Dean. But then you're telling me I have to do the cooking, which I'm not. And sure. unfortunately, I think Roy's probably a little bit better chef than you are. Like, listen. I appreciate you, buddy, but I think Roy might got you
2: beat. If they come, if they come pre-cooked, and all I have to do is put like throw them in the microwave, I can do that pretty easily. <laughs> pretty good, master microwave. Yeah.
3: Um, well, uh, we can sneak you guys in if you really, if we really want to come. Roy, I really want to come. <laughs> well, let's go. I'll put your name at the door. It's like a club. <laughs> okay, Ro- sign right. me up. Put me on the list. Yeah, you're
2: talking to the right <laughs> guy. Roy, are you going to be
1: there all three nights? Yes, I will.
2: Ooh. Amazing. All right, cool. Well, we'll be on the lookout. I, like I said, I definitely want to show up. If I'm, if I show up and I get pushed away, at least I can say I was there and I tried. But it sounds delicious. Like I said, I'm, I'm a freak for flaming hot Cheetos. There are very few things in this world that I'm passionate yeah. about, and I swear, flaming hot Cheetos is one of them.
3: Oh man, we're gonna get you in. I'll have, to, I'll have the team reach out to you. Uh, after
1: we get out. Roy, I got a quick question for you too. You're so you were affiliated with the 2014 movie Chef. Can you talk a little bit yeah. about that cuz I heard that was loosely based on your on your
3: life? Oh. Yeah, I I don't know if it was based on my life, but I probably what I did for a living was influenced, but it was John Scripps through and through. And um he first brought me on just to be a culinary consultant, but we ended up becoming really really good friends and uh we just inseparable and I, he just brought me in all the way to the process. So, so, you're good um, friends with
1: John Favreau now? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. badass because I'm a huge big MCU fan. fan and big Iron Man and Iron Man 2 fan.
3: Uh, I'll let him know. Yeah, he's. Uh, Please do. I'll, <laughs> <call him. laughs> I'll, I'll merge him into this call. If you
2: want. Oh, <laughs> don't you tease me like that. Yeah. Right, you're just making all <laughs> sorts of dreams come true today, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. We'll still, so, yeah, for the listeners out there, uh, like Jared said earlier, Roy Choi has the pop-up Flamin' Hot Cheeto restaurant in Los Angeles for the next three days from tonight through September 20th. Uh, full three-course meals all encompassing Flamin' Hot Cheetos. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. I'm, I'm praying to the Flamin' Hot Cheeto gods above that I can show up and hopefully get a seat. <laughs> um, and we'll see what happens. But, but again, like Jared said earlier, too, if you can't make it to the restaurant, uh, they did partner with Amazon Fresh, and you can order all of the Flamin' Hot dishes to your house by ordering the recipes on AmazonFresh.com. So be sure to check them out, um, Roy. You're the man. Thank you so much for calling in. I, I'm, uh, thank you for what you're doing for the world by creating these dishes that are delicious. Um, keep doing the the incredible things that you do. And uh, like I said, I really hope I can I can squeeze myself into the restaurant and sit down and enjoy some of your fresh cooked meals. All right. Thank you guys. Uh, you're the man. Take care. All right. Thanks, Roy. Bye. All right. Well, so
1: I know the, the thing is though, we have all this food that's staring in front of us right now. And I'm eating. I, uh, you're Let's gonna eat on air. Let's
0: take a break no. and then we'll we'll
2: eat and then we'll come back and tell everybody how it was. Here's this the first bite. This is a flaming hot chicken wing, you guys. Let's hear it. It's it's not warm. It's cold in my hands, but he ate an onion last week. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even exaggerating a little bit. This is the best thing I've ever had in my, entire, wow. in my mouth in my entire wow. life. Wow! Not, Damn! Not even the slightest bit of exaggeration with that. All right, let's see it, and we'll be back in a minute. Oh, my God. No, I don't want to stop. So Dean is
1: actually currently still eating the Cheetos. He can't get enough. It's I mean, I got to say, the wings in the corner of the cob is pretty incredible, so I can't blame him. But in the meantime, we do have a special guest on the phone right now. We have Samantha Hess, who is the owner of Cuddle Up to Me. Samantha, hello. Thank you for joining us.
4: Thanks for having me.
1: No, I appreciate it. So, Samantha, tell us a little bit about yourself. You are a professional cuddler. What does that mean?
4: So, I'm technically now a master cuddler.
1: Oh, you're, so is there, a difference between a, is there a difference between a professional and a master
4: cuddler? Yes. So, uh, technically certified cuddler is what uh, we call ourselves here as we go through a 40-hour certification process. And then a master cuddler is someone who's completed that 40-hour program and then completed at least 250 session hours.
1: 250 session hours of cuddling. Who are you cuddling with?
4: (laughs) So our clients are anyone 18 and over, men and women, married, single, everything in between. Uh, Everybody has moments where they just need a hug.
1: So what got you into being a master cuddler?
4: (laughs) So... I was one of these genius people that married my high school sweetheart, which, surprise, surprise, didn't turn out so well.
1: Mm, I'm <laughs> so sorry. So after
4: more than uh, a decade of like complete lack of touch in my life, I decided that I needed to matter too. And so I left my ex-husband and I decided to be a person, <laughs> and at the age of 28, I decided to go and... Uh, strike it out on my own and kind of figure out how the world works. And then I was on Facebook one day and I saw this Free Hugs Guy uh, article who gets pumped deluxe Hugs $2. Uh, I had just been hit on by, like, all of my male friends. (laughs) I was not expecting it. And realized that paying for hugs made it safe for me because I could dictate what the rules were. And so I decided there needed to be a Starbucks for hugs. And why wasn't that available? So I decided to make it a thing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> wow! So that's incredible. So you're, <clears throat> so you're married to your high school sweetheart.
4: And, I was, yes.
1: Um, and so how long was that relationship?
4: Almost thirteen
1: years. Wow! Wow. Um, yeah. and then so you got out of that and needed some cuddles. And so and now yeah. that you're a master cuddler, is there like a technique that you personally like to use? Like, can you tell us a little bit about the way you <laughs> cuddle? and like what's better and what's worse
4: totally so i love squishy cuddles i i don't like when people are nervous or afraid to like just get in there that's my personal style um you know for work it's i'm whatever somebody needs but uh we do have 78 different cuddle poses that i can take people through
1: 78 different cuddle poses holy (laughs) crap that's a lot of cuddling. New. I mean, I'm a big cuddler. Right? don't get me wrong. There's nothing that I enjoy more than, you know, ordering in, cuddling, and watching House Hunters. Um, but uh, really? and that's so interesting. Like, what are the different, can you just run through some different techniques that you might use on a day-to-day basis of cuddling?
4: Sure. So there's uh, tandem bike, which is a like a version of spooning, essentially. There's gummy worm, which is the squishiest cuddle pose of all time. <laughs> there's uh, mama bear, which is a seated pose where you use someone like a human beanbag chair. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, we, I never knew got that. We've something for everybody.
1: I seriously, I never knew there's so much thought into putting into cuddling. So
0: people go to your website on. who want to be cuddled, and they can choose their cuddler. I was just looking at it right here. They choose their cuddler, uh-huh. and then the, the chosen cuddler will travel to them, and you pay them for their time. And so we
4: actually have a retail space in Portland, but we do also offer outbound sessions as well.
0: Oh, I see. So people come in and do this. Yeah. So do you ever yeah, get hired, space. and you show yeah. up, and you're like, ah, oh, I have to cuddle this person? Yeah. <laughs>
4: You know, it hasn't happened yet. Um, Really? I'm somebody who just believes in people. I don't know. I'm sort of ridiculous about it. I I think that. Oftentimes, people are kind of treated as predators in today's society, and I like to give them that opportunity to prove that that's not that's how point. it is normally. That's a good point. We shouldn't yeah. assume
0: that of people. No, we
1: shouldn't yeah. assume that, but it is a dangerous world to live out there. And so how do you keep—the not uh, the first question that comes to mind is, how do you keep your cuddlers safe? Because if these people are—like, I'm assuming that— right. Is it more men or women that get ordered from your company? I'm assuming women.
4: So, yeah, professional cuddling is definitely a women-driven Uh, industry (laughs) there's not much demand for male cuddlers at this point well do you find that more Uh,
1: men are ordering cuddlers or more women
4: uh, so our business does have a pretty close to 50 50 split um, Mm -hmm. but most of the industry is mostly men
1: so it's mostly men ordering women correct yes so how do you keep your women safe like is there? A... So
4: that's where the training program comes in. We, have, you know, they have to go through so many things to learn how to protect themselves while also not creating shame or judgment for the clients. Often we're guiding people through this very new concept of platonic touch. You know, we're not taught how to touch each other without sexual intention in the, in our adult lives. Yeah, so we get to teach people that.
1: That's really great. Yeah, cuz you talk about uh how your mission is it's time to change the taboo around touch and engage in meaningful conversations around consent. Now I'm curious yes. about that cuz in my my past, you know, cuddling is definitely a precursor to more intimate uh moments between the two people that are cuddling. So what would you say about sure. that?
4: a great way to use cuddling but it's not the only way (laughs) i think that we kind of miss out on this whole part of like what kids get to experience and it's something we still need as adults it's this like basic concept of human connection and cuddling is one of the quickest and easiest ways for us to like recognize that we exist and other people exist as well. And we kind of need that to know that we, we matter and that we are seen just as we are.
1: No, I agree. I mean, uh physical touch is a big love language of mine and I personally believe in it very much that, uh, yeah. you know, some people just desire even just holding hands or having their arm, mm-hmm. you know, uh, put around somebody else. They really crave it. Yeah. Um, And so that's very interesting. And so like for you being a cuddle master, like what is master cuddler, master cuddler? Excuse me. (laughs) Like, what does it do for your like? It's hard to really articulate what I'm going to try to ask. How does it make you feel? You know, like what Uh, what, what kind of fulfillment do you get from it?
4: I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do any other job anymore because, you know, I, I do up to five hours of sessions a day. And so my serotonin levels get kind of maxed out a lot. <laughs> and so we get what we call the, the oxytocin high or the cuddle high, where you just get this like kind of euphoric feeling. It's like being high without drugs. It's amazing.
0: And there's no, sorry to go back to my earlier point about people being gross there's no body odor problems there's no sweat problems that are just kind of not something you want to cuddle in that moment
4: <laughs> sometimes there are uh, we do have a hygiene requirement in our waiver oh. and some people have to do their best but you know if somebody is severely obese they may not smell super great even if they've just taken a shower you know these kinds of things do happen or people who smoke you know that's oh, all the smokers, for yeah. me yeah. You've, you've
0: definitely been cuddling someone when they maybe tried to kiss you or maybe their hands started to wander a little bit, and you 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 know how to handle that situation. You've been trained.
4: Right, yeah. Because of the training, we know how to re- redirect people without their actually knowing what right. we're doing. You
0: don't just smack <laughs> them across the face and storm out.
4: Not yet. I've seriously never had to end the session early. People wow. have been very good about it.
0: And how many sessions have you done?
4: Uh, I'm over 150,000 minutes of paid professional cuddling, uh, not including the training that you've done.
1: <laughs> what is the weirdest experience that you've had?
4: Oh, you know, I would love to share a million stories with you, but we have confidentiality. <laughs> of
1: course you do. I know. Why did I even ask?
4: I know. Good try though. <laughs>
1: um, all right. So how do, if people want to out there want to cuddle, where do, where do they go?
4: So we have two options. If they're in Portland, Oregon, we're at me dot com. if they're anywhere else, we're at CertifiedCuddlers.com. dot com.
1: And so, uh, are you international? Is this uh, within the country? We like are. you can order anywhere.
4: We have people in Germany and Austria and a few different places throughout the world, and we're we're getting out there.
1: That's incredible! Wow. And 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 I mean that's incredible. I just think it's so interesting for me because I think I've always used cuddling as uh, more of a you know, uh, a personal, intimate thing. And so it's interesting to know that people just kind of crave human touch so much that they're willing to pay for somebody to cuddle with them. Um, I mean, good for them. That's incredible. Good for you for coming up with this 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 company. I mean, it's such an interesting idea and very obscure and unique and original. Um, I, I've never seen anything like it, the idea of paying for someone to cuddle with you. But, you know, you just need cuddles sometimes. Dean is True. back from Everybody eating right now, and he's a, he's a big cuddler.
4: <laughs> I love cuddling. I will say
2: these exist um, in Japan, I think. I didn't get to experience them myself, but I think they're like cuddling hotels or rooms. True.
4: Those, they started in Japan about 20 years ago. Yeah. Huh? yeah. That's, nice,
2: Dean. That's awesome.
4: Yeah. It's pretty great. There you can actually pay to use someone's butt as your pillow. You can't do that
2: in the States. Wow. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Oh, it's coming. Come
1: the well, Samantha, thank you so much for coming in. We really appreciate it. And definitely everybody, whoever wants to cuddle out there, uh, needs somebody out there, please check out com. Uh, I'm,
2: I'm a little sad I wasn't here for this entire conversation. <laughs> I
1: know. We were sad, too. This sounds like it. sounds just right you're, up my
2: alley. You're too busy eating Cheetos, Did you man. guys talk about Big Spoon, Little oh. Spoon etiquette?
1: Well, okay,
0: well, no, but that's no. fine. You can get into that. She did call, what did you call it? You didn't call it spooning. You called it something else.
4: Tandem bicycle. bike. Tandem bike. <laughs> tandem
2: bike. <laughs> that's actually pretty good. Just the seats are really close to each other on the stand-up bicycle, apparently.
1: The position I use a lot I, I have... is uh, uh the 127 hours where um my I, my wife and I are cuddling and then she falls asleep and my yeah, arm falls and, totally. and I have to nod my arm off
2: to go to work in that's the morning.
4: funny. I, I have a YouTube video called How to Spoon that will teach you how to resolve all those problems.
2: Oh yeah. Oh, really? What's the YouTube channel name?
4: Uh cuddle up to me.
2: Perfect. We'll check it out. I will say I so. I think I might be in the minority on this, but I love, love, love being Little Spoon.
1: No, I I like being Little Spoon a little bit too. It's my favorite thing in the whole
2: world. Like, so much. The
4: secret is everybody likes being Little Spoon. Yeah, you
2: know what? And it's kind of, it stinks that men are always expected to be the big spoon. Mm -hmm. We need to break down these gender normative ideas. I love
4: being the big spoon. You like being big spoon. I do. I like all of them,
2: though. Uh, (laughs) Can I get your phone number? (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. kidding. Too much, too much. Um, Well, that's that's awesome.
1: Yeah, Samantha, thank you so much for coming in. Definitely, guys, check out certifiedcolors.com if you want to be small spoon, little spoon, or just the tandem bicycle. You know, it's always up to interpretation. Samantha,
2: thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, Samantha.
4: Bye.
2: What's the etiquette (laughs) on spooning, on cuddling towards each other?
1: Well, th- I don't think there is an etiquette Because you're kind of 50-50 at that point Aren't you Like big spoon Little spoon Little spoon's obviously better But if you're facing Towards each other It's very equal
2: So I had an ex Who uh, Every night we went to sleep together We always fell asleep Facing each other And at first I was like This is kind of cute It's romantic But then like Six months in It just like I was like Why do we fall asleep Facing each other <laughs> There's you breath got, issues Eventually The you... breath thing Morning breath And obviously. like you can't Like fully embrace someone Like in a hug mm-hmm. If you're facing them Because like your legs are bending into each other and how can you sleep dude screw that yeah (laughs) it's always
1: it's like nice being in a committed relationship now because like you have your cuddle time but you also know okay bedtime see ya like i'll see you in the morning So we're all going to Vegas this weekend. Dean, you're going, I'm going, Nick's going, Ashley's going. Who else is going? Wells, Ben, uh, pretty much the entire Bachelor crew. Guys, we're going to Vegas for the iHeart Music Festival this weekend. And you can come hang out with us at Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino. You visit the scene pool deck located on the sixth floor. You can party all afternoon. You can come test your surfing skills on the Flowrider. Dean, are you going to ride the flow Rider?
2: I love the flow
1: Rider.
0: You did it last
2: year, didn't you? Yeah. It literally is my favorite thing. You're good at it. Maybe the second favorite thing behind Hot Cheetos is the flow Rider. God. Can you
0: imagine being on the floor rider with a, one of those hot Cheetos wings in your hand? Oh
2: god, talk about a dream come true!
1: <laughs> that needs to happen this weekend. It's at the Las Vegas Strip, only freestanding. It's the only freestanding wave machine on the Las Vegas Strip. It's at Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino. You can visit the Cafe Hollywood. It's right down the main casino. There's breakfast, lunch, dinner. We're serving whatever you desire. Will not. I, I'm not. I won't be serving it, but the nice people at Planet Hollywood will be. It's 24 hours a day. Features all newly renovated rooms. There's massive suites with dazzle- dazzling, dazzling Strip Views. When you stay at Planet Hollywood, the celebrity lifestyle is yours for the living and fame lies at every corner. You can experience the epicenter of the A-list entertainment in Las Vegas when you visit the Zappos Theater at Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino. Guys, come hang out. We're all going to be at Planet Hollywood this weekend. Check out planethollywoodresort.com if you want to
2: stay there with us. If you're around Planet Hollywood between the hours of probably 11 a.m. and 7 p.m., I would say... Odds are pretty good I'll be on that flow rider <laughs> <laughs> You're
1: going on the flow rider either the Blackjack table or the flow rider Go
2: check them out. Yeah, honestly, those are the two places I'll be. Oh, and the iHeartRadio Music Festival, too, which is kind of a whole point. Of, guess, th- we're going to barely dabble into that. <laughs>
1: we're going to be on the Flow rider eating
2: Cheetos wings the entire time. I'm excited
1: you're coming this year because you weren't there last year. I was. This is my first iHeart Festival. Nice. Oh. I'm pretty excited, yes. You didn't do um, um, Jingle Ball? I did Jingle Ball, but this is my first iHeart Festival in Vegas. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, but Justin I've been...
0: Timberlake, Carrie Underwood, Shawn Mendes, Keigo, Mariah Carey, Imagine Dragons, Sam Smith, Kelly Clarkson, Logic, Luke Bryan, Panic at the Disco, Jack White, Leonard Skinner, Fleetwood Mac, Jason Aldean,
2: and Ray Schremer. What a lineup.
1: Dean Ungler, Jared Haven. <laughs> you know, ben Higgins. <laughs> we fit
0: right in.
2: Yeah. Super talented. Um, okay, so next up, we had her on last week. Was it last week? Yeah. Two weeks ago. Last week. um, we talked about brain spotting a little bit. Back in studio, Haley Hewitt. Yeah, Haley Hewitt. Everyone, thank
1: you, Haley. It's very nice meeting you. I think this is the first time we've met, right? Yes. Yes. Pleasure. Well, thank you for coming in for the second straight week.
2: Mm-hmm. So, Haley and I just met um, in a back, uh, like a little office area. That just sounded one- bad. One on one for a little bit, and for a therapy session. For a therapy session, Jared. It only sounds bad because you just said it sounds. You know, I've uh, we've been talking about cuddling for a half an hour. Exactly. So <laughs> where do you think my head is at? Yeah, my head's still on Flow Rider and Hot Cheetos. It's but, never a bad place. <laughs> Um, so we had her on last week and we discussed brain spotting and some, I guess, just therapeutic of like processes that we can go through as individuals. But uh, she is so kind that she decided to come in and be here in person and do some brain spotting uh, and get to the root of some of the issues, the many issues that I have, and I uh, just kind of see what unfolds, I guess, right? So do you want to say hi to the listeners again and kind of reintroduce yourself real quick?
5: Yeah. So Haley Hewitt, I'm a marriage and family therapist up in the Bay area. And I come down here once a month to see clients specializations are in trauma and family systems and working through the body. So working with the body to heal.
2: So what we're going to do is, um, Haley is going to do some of her brain spotting techniques with me. We're going to go over some of my physical reactions, more so than my emotional sensations. Or my, sorry, my physical sensations rather than my emotional reactions. Can you guys talk about how you, ju-
1: what you just talked about? Is that kind of ta- off limits? But-
5: yeah. So just to clarify, I'm here just to do a demonstration with Dean who is um, ready and willing. And it's really wonderful that you're doing this. Yes. Others can kind of witness. It's newer modality of treatment. So it stemmed after EMDR, which is very um, successful in treating trauma and just anything, you know, depression, anxiety, and so on. Um, And so we clarified something called a statement of focus, which I'll have you read, and then um, a resource statement. And we'll use those two statements to do the brain spotting in um, the studio. And I'll kind of be talking out loud about what we'll be doing so listeners can understand.
1: And then, Dean, can I ask you what You want her to help with? No? Okay. Yes, of course you can Oh, I don't know. I don't know what's off limits. (laughs) This is kind of really interesting. It's it's a little awkward for me because I do feel like I'm almost hosting the podcast but also overstepping my boundaries because I don't want to cross any limits that you guys want to talk about, don't want to
2: talk about. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, there are no limits that can be crossed. Okay. So we did establish a statement of focus in the the one-on-one session we just had, which will basically tell you and the (laughs) listeners what I feel like I need to identify and continue to work on. Okay, great. Yes.
5: Yeah. And just in brief, uh, brain spotting's goal is to bypass the conscious neocortical thinking. So you access the deeper subcortical emotional and body based parts of the brain.
1: What is
2: subcortical
5: subcortical? So it's deeper. It's within the brainstem, our nervous systems, our bodies beyond the frontal cortex. And before before we go
2: further than this, I just I want to say that I love this type of uh, therapy, like neuroscience and the brain is all so interesting to me. Um, I read a few books about this, granted, every other word I don't understand, so most of it goes directly over my head, (laughs) but I find it so fascinating, and whenever she, uh, Haley, talks about this type of stuff, you can tell that she, it it comes from a place of incredible depth of knowledge, which I think is fantastic. A lot of times, like you see, and Mark knows, like these pseudosciences that kind of come from places where I don't necessarily agree with, Mm -hmm. so this type of stuff, in my opinion, is much more legitimate, and I can, I, I just appreciate it more.
5: And they're doing research on it. You know, it was formed in 2003. And so like EMDR, it's difficult to qualitatively measure this sort of work. Right. You know, CBT is a common one that's easy to measure because there's homework and you scale and measure. But they're working on um, measuring how it actually is has an efficacy. And what is an CBT? Uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. Gotcha. Change your thoughts, change your life. That's in essence.
1: Okay, perfect. Change your
5: thinking, change your behavior. So... um, What we'll be doing is we'll be using a little teacher pointer here. It looks like one of those extendable teacher pointers and we'll be moving through different quadrants on left and the right sides, um, focusing eventually on one spot. And he has headphones in with bilateral music. So um, David Grand has free bilateral music on Spotify. Just search Brain Spotting or David Grand and you can check it out. Or, you know, YouTube bilateral or binaural music. And it um alternates between the left and the right hemispheres of the brain. So it's engaging the left and the right, left and the right. And is, which... a,
1: is it like a particular type of music? Or is it just... It's
5: just soothing, calming, ambient music. No gotcha. words, just, you know, ocean sounds with a little guitar.
1: Totally. And for you our know. listeners out there, Dean is currently putting those headphones on as we speak. And then Haley has a pointer that looks exactly like your fourth grade teacher in science would have and as she po- points to the chalkboard. Oh, and it extends. It's like three feet in length. Just don't whack Dean in the head with it. That's all. Or
5: do. So we will be um, making the statement of focus, which we already did. So typically these sessions take longer, but we're condensing it for Mm -hmm. the sake of the demonstration. So we will state his, um, you know, summary of his work. And then he'll start um, scaling his experience with the subjective unit of distress scale, which some of you have handed out. It scales from 0 to 100, 100 being Panic attack, intolerable, so much adrenaline, and zero being baseline calm. And so he'll be scaling his experience from zero to 100 as it vacillates and using some physical sensations, describing the physical sensations happening viscerally in his body as we move through the statement of focus. And so, you know, we'll move from there into then the resource statement that he made, and he'll be scaling with a resource scale from zero to 100, 100 being So calm and happy and comforted and soothed. Zero being distressed. And so he'll scale that. um, And then we'll do a little process at the end and see what came up for you. I'm nervous. Mm -hmm. How do you know you're nervous?
2: I can just feel it in my chest. What's the
5: sensation of it?
2: A a vacuous feeling maybe, like an emptiness. Mm -hmm.
5: Good. So he's already starting to work on describing experience. So let's just take a moment and... Turn inward, you can close the eyes or take a soft focal gaze on an unmoving point. And just begin to notice the breath as it moves in and out of the nostrils. Maybe take a seat right behind the nose and the upper lip, just witnessing the breath move in and out. And the thoughts are gonna be moving and playing, and you're just gonna keep returning your attention to your breath. And we're gonna get his music started here.
1: What Dean doesn't know is that I actually put a full list of Rob Thomas and Matchbox 20 instead of this soothing music.
2: I just want some DMX. Some
5: some Creed.
1: (laughs) I actually put Rob Zombie on there. (laughs) Good.
5: So before we move in, um, what are you noticing right now? Zero to 100, 100 being, you know, very stressed. What would you scale?
2: I'm probably like a 23.
5: Okay. So a 23 on his distress scale there.
2: Meaning I have minimal anxiety slash distress. Mm -hmm.
4: Thank you.
5: Great. And so I will have you read your statement of focus.
2: Okay. So this is a statement of focus we put together behind doors, closed doors. This is going to feel, feels weird to say. Okay.
5: Well, as you say it, stay in touch with what's happening on a visceral level in your body. Do okay. Your mm-hmm.
2: I'm struggling to find purpose in my life. I'm guilty of not taking the proper steps to deal with what happened to me thus far. That has been difficult. I have guilt over not realizing the impact of some of my childhood experience on myself as an adult. I can't give myself in relationships because I'll be hurt. If I don't let others help me and just rely on myself, then there won't be the possibility of being let down by someone else.
5: So he's externalized, uh, this internal cognitive process that I'm curious just in reading that, what are you noticing?
2: Uh, I would say I probably went up to like a 40 in terms of the, the distress the thermometer.
5: Mm -hmm. How do you know?
2: I can just feel the anxiety in my chest go up a little bit, Mm -hmm. a little bit more anxious, a little bit more, I don't know, Mm -hmm. stressed out, I guess. Mm
5: -hmm. So um, given he's at a 40, that's where where we will start. So he'll keep his gaze on the point, and it's an unmoving point, and it's to the right about two feet in front of him. And so where would you now scale zero to 100 that statement of focus and that sensation of tightness and anxiety in your
2: chest. Well, it's gone down a bit since it's passed, so I'm probably down to a 30. A 30? Yeah.
5: Okay. We'll shift now over to his left. Now 0 to 100. How would you scale the sensation in your chest as well as the statement?
2: Mm, 10 to 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the first one? 40.
5: 40. So, I am struggling to find a purpose in my life. I'm guilty of not taking proper steps to deal with what happened to me.
2: Oh, do you want me to reread the whole SOF? No,
5: I can read it for you. Um, I can't give myself a relationship because I will be hurt. If I don't let others help me and just rely on myself, then there won't be the possibility of being let down by others. So, we have a 30, we have a 20, and then how about right here in the middle? We have the pointer.
2: Um, 30. Okay. Yeah.
5: So we're going to stay on the point where it's the highest. I'm going to stay over here to your right.
2: Okay. You want to you give me the distress. That's right. Okay.
5: That's right. So we're safely accessing the distress in a containment, right, in a container. So you have the ability to allow for it to come up and sit with it, and then eventually it will start to change. So I want you to focus your attention on the point. Okay. And keep your gaze on the point. And I want you to just continue shifting, you know, your attention through the details of the painful experiences that have contributed to your statement of focus, something you've been stuck around or felt upset about. So the brain, as he's looking, is just processing. It's just rapidly moving and processing different thoughts and feelings. Sometimes the intensity will go up and then... So where where would you say it's at 0 to 100? Still right around 30. Mm-hmm. So just stay with that. Can you describe some physical sensations you're having in your body?
2: I think physically I'm much more relaxed. It feels weird. Or relaxed, I'm sorry. It feels weird looking to my right and thinking about these things. I don't know why. It just this doesn't feel natural. Um,
5: mm-hmm. It's I intense mean, to s- just stay on one point. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: it is. Similar to like the eye contact thing. I struggle with eye contact. So it's like, I mean, this is easier because obviously no one's looking directly back at me, Mm -hmm. but uncomfortable.
5: And just stay with that. Stay with the discomfort. Just observing whatever is coming up. So thoughts, feelings, all without judgment. Notice if any memories or thoughts come up.
2: Do you want me to talk about it?
5: Yeah, if it feels okay.
2: Well, that's pretty much everything that we discussed in the SOF. I'm thinking about, like, what am I going to be doing in two years? I kind of don't necessarily like to think about the past so much. So I'm thinking about the distressors that are still laying out there somewhere, you know? Uh
5: huh. What happens when you think about the past?
2: Uh, I dismiss it. And I, in terms of how I feel, I think I've gotten used to glazing over it to the point where I don't necessarily let it affect me very much emotionally anymore.
5: So something that I'm noticing that I'll point out for listeners, um, and you can tell me what your thoughts are, is your right arm is twitching. Are you aware of that?
2: No, I did not know that.
5: So these sorts of body ticks or movements are the body discharging energy, just moving and releasing energy. So um, for the sake of time, we're going to shift gears. Are you zero to 100? Have you shifted at all?
2: Still right around. Well, I guess I'm up to 40 now.
5: Ah, it's increased. Okay. Let's just allow for that. You know, 40 to be present. Is it still a tightness or anxiousness in your chest?
2: Well, now I'm focusing on my whole twitch. (laughs) On your (laughs) All
5: right. So just allow it. No attempts to change. Just noticing what's happening. Okay. So because it's gone up for him, now we're going to shift into a resource spot. So what we'll do is have him read his resource statement and we'll shift the gaze point where the pointer is to a different spot, typically on the opposite quadrant. And so I'll have you read your resource statement.
2: My resource statement says, I have time to define my purpose. I am on my path and will continue to discover the things that are meaningful to me. I am working to understand and heal myself in order to open up in relationships. I am integrating my past into my present and trusting myself and this journey. I am taking the proper steps to heal myself and grow my experiences. As an adult, I now realize the impact of the losses I experienced and am giving myself space to integrate those losses into my life with vulnerability and strength.
5: What are you noticing? In your body as you made that statement.
2: feels feel good. I feel strong and powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I do feel better. I, I noticed
5: you rolled your shoulders back on opening your chest.
3: Yeah,
2: it's nice to like. I do agree with these whole like affirmative statements about yourself. And that's yeah. something that I know that I need to work on a little bit more. So saying things like that, it definitely makes you feel a little bit more at ease. And yes,
5: that's the hypnotism piece, right? The hypnotist was mm-hmm. saying you manifest what you state, mm-hmm. right? I want this rather than I don't want. Mm-hmm.
1: I think a lot of people do that right mm-hmm. like it's the whole idea of about like talking about your insecurities and when you start doing that you project them on others and they start believing it so the same thing conversely goes with you start projecting confidence about yourself people will start believing it and so will you
5: so let's just stay on the spot just for a moment here your resource spot I have time to define my purpose I'm on my path and continue to discover the things that are meaningful to me I'm working to understand and heal myself in order to open up in a relationship. So from zero to 100, looking at that point, 100 now being the most resourced, most comforted. How does that feel?
2: So now it shifts. So high is good. High is good. Mm, 75?
5: And name a resource spot in your body, so a place in your body that feels comforted, soothed, resourced.
2: I guess my back feels good. This chair is very comfortable. And so it's like, I don't know. <laughs> very comfortable chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: And I've noticed a couple times again with the rolling of the shoulders back. So this sort of opening sense of empowerment maybe in your heart, in your chest.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sense of, uh, yeah, comfort.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Okay. So, yeah. So in essence, I think we you know, can just kind of process a little bit here. Um, for the sake of time so in essence what we were doing with him was expanding his window of tolerance so your ability to sit with distress and not you know be so fearful of it in the world I think what happens is we tend to hang out in the place of three to seven um, and some people can go eight to nine to ten and it can feel overwhelming or some can just baseline go flat um, you know top-down management which is like we go into rational thinking we minimize our experience and our feelings um, and so this sort of therapy gives you, um, an opportunity with the safety and support of someone else to be able to go into difficult experience and stay with it within the body rather than just sit in a room and talk about your experience and not necessarily make that mind body connection that's necessary to really unroot what we store in our bodies. So what was that experience like for you?
2: It was good. I have a question. Don't, yeah. Do you, do you think there's any type of utility in people being too hard on themselves like they could benefit
5: yes so um our self-critic is developed early in our lives as a way to help us stay safe right don't cross that street don't touch the hot pan so initially earlier in our lives it's a way to help keep us safe but as we enter into our 20s and older i think it's really hard work and it's really important work to start to not listen to the self-critic. Um, it's important to do our best, of course, you know, you know, show up for our lives and for our relationships, but to do it from a place of criticism is constrictive.
1: Hmm. So how does one do that? How does one get out of that mode of thinking?
5: So you could think of it like a bus, right? We have you know internal family systems. It's all the different parts of ourselves, our internal child, our internal critic, our internal perfectionist, all these different parts. So if you're not allowing for the critic to drive the bus and thinking about yourself as parts of like, okay, that's just a part of myself. That's a part of myself that wants me to do well. So you kind of thank the critic, like thank you critic for helping me do my best and show up. And right now it's not helpful for me. So adapting that sort of compassionate approach to it of like, and right now I don't need that.
2: So one of the things that I think I'm most critical of myself or about myself is, uh, as we discussed as well before, is I don't allow myself to be emotional. Like I'm I'm aware of all of the things that I know I need to work on. But I think that I struggle to find that compassion within myself. And from what I've experienced, people can skew one of two ways where it's you can skew logical or you can skew emotional. And I think that on that scale, I skew to a fault too far to the logical side, which makes it hard for me to connect with the people that skew more on the emotional side of things. And I think when that comes to relationships, that's been a kind of a fall short of mine as well. So how do I work on that, where I can kind of bring that needle more towards the middle of logic and emotion?
4: hmm.
5: See, so that's the top down management, right? Going into rational thinking, um, minimizing awareness of feelings and body sensations. Um, and, and I'll say that is a useful strategy in an emergency or crisis. And I know we briefly talked a little bit about some of the things he's, you know, witnessed in his lifetime around people dying. You know, at, when you were 10, you know, can I, may I say, you know, you witnessed a friend get hit. And I mean, it was like a really gory accident. And mm-hmm. anyone would suffer from post-traumatic stress for that. Um, and then losing your mother, and then, you know, also another friend to an overdose. So Mm -hmm. those three events, you know, in the face of crisis, you were able to just like, okay, I'm going to be logical, I'm going to manage, I'm going to keep it together. But then that becomes a a habitual way of being in the world. So in relationship, it becomes kind of how you relate in the face of intense emotion. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what I would encourage is, see what happens if you stay so see what happens if you stay and lean in as i said last week to the discomfort of course have good boundaries so you know when it's a partner and there's a lot of emotion there and you don't know how to help it's okay to say you know what i let's take a break i need a little time out here to resource myself go get some water go get some tea maybe go for a walk so you feel resourced enough um But, you know, we talked about I I heard on this podcast ghosting ghosting has Mm -hmm. been a theme lately. Mm -hmm. And the whole essence of ghosting is because people are too uncomfortable to have that conversation or they're like, oh, it's just better if I don't say anything because it will be too hard or uncomfortable. So it's all about distress tolerance. Expand your window of tolerance. Be with discomfort. Keep doing your therapy and your therapeutic you know, container where you have the safety of one other person and the privacy to be able to deepen and go into the emotions. And it's all about embodied presence practices. So we talked about yoga, um, these practices where dance, we're in our bodies, we have the presence in our bodies, um, and it, you know, allows for us to develop a an attuned awareness of our somatic self Hmm. beyond the thinking, because we are more than our thoughts. If we were just our thoughts and I were to say, I'm a bad person does that mean I'm a bad
3: person? <laughs> <laughs> not we had, necessarily, right? We debated right?
2: this last week as well. You said we're more than just our thoughts. and yeah. I kind of disagreed with you mm-hmm. because I think that's really all we are—is our thoughts.
1: Oh, I see. I disagree with you. Well, if, if you agree I was with just it. all my thoughts, I huh, God, be in a bad place right <laughs> exactly. now. Exactly. But what are you if you're not the, your own thoughts? You what, are. What you are your actions. Your thoughts and your actions are two very different things. Okay, so you're saying you me. can think one thing. Have you ever thought you wanted to kill somebody? I don't think so. You've never had, not like legitimately, but you've never li- really thought like somebody pissed you off to the effect where you're like, God, I, I, oh God, I even, not, punch them in the face. You've never had that feeling, that on okay, sure. your head where you're like, that sure. person pissed me off so much, I want to punch them in the face. But you didn't punch them in the face because you rationalized your thought and able were able to calm yourself but then, and not act on your thoughts. Okay,
2: but you're not the thought of punching him in the face. You're the thought of reasoning with yourself to then get over the idea of punching him in the face. So then you become the person that doesn't punch him in the face. Exactly, which is the person you are, but not it's, the thought of actually
1: doing it. I don't know. You've never, like, because I, I disagree with you in that sense.
5: What well, about what about your heart? What about your spirit? What about your, you know, um, gut? Like, what about who well, you yeah, are you your beyond body. your brain, this brain?
2: I don't know. I just think that it all is, if it starts here. I agree with you.
5: I... 80% of our serotonin is released in our guts. The happy chemical, one of our neurotransmitters. Uh-huh. So they're discovering more that actually our gut is a brain and our heart is sentient and intelligent, too. Hmm. So we might have three brains.
2: Where's the third? The heart,
1: gut, and the
2: actual brain. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Well, Haley, thank you so much for coming in. I I know this must be, I think it's probably more challenging for you because it's more expedited than like a regular full session is. Yeah,
5: typically a brain spotting session should be 50 minutes to an hour and a half. And so, you know, we had to really condense it. And, of course, this was a demonstration. It wasn't a therapy session because oh. this, you know, therapeutically, it's appropriate to do it with um, the support of just a counselor one-on-one mm. so that you feel safe to really go there. But
2: I felt much heard. more comfortable back when it was just us two than when all these Jamokes were in studio with us. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe next time you're in L.A. we can do a one-on-one full session.
3: And we're you were just heckling the entire beans. time Throwing peanuts yeah. at him when his
2: eyes were closed
5: Smacking him with the, the little with the pointer, pointer.
2: <laughs> um, So what's next for you, you go back to San Francisco? Yep, yeah.
5: back to San Francisco this evening mm-hmm. Nice short little flight Yep, easy trip
2: Cool, well, uh, if we don't have you in studio We'll have you on the phone mm-hmm. And next time you're in Los Angeles Give us a call We'll all have just individual uh, sessions with you <laughs> Great. I'm ready.
5: we'll do some couples
2: therapy there you go Ooh, okay uh, have you actually ever considered? i know you it doesn't seem like you probably need it but would no. you ever consider it
1: um I, of course we would consider it but it's really just not necessary right now mm-hmm. i mean i i don't want to say it's not necessary in case you know whatever but it's just not something that we would do right now we talk a lot about everything so Ashley's a very emotional person <laughs> very emotional and then i'm very receptive mm-hmm. and then she's and then she also conversely is able to like get things out of me that I have very difficult time talking about.
5: Yeah, that dynamic is kind of like what you were talking about. So I love that you said receptive. So being receptive and yet not trying to fix, not trying to change her, not trying to fix her, hmm. but just being attuned and receptive to her.
1: Oh, I'm never going to fix Ashley. <laughs> I realized that a long time ago. And
5: she will never fix
1: you. She doesn't need to be fixed. She's perfect. That's right. You, on the other hand, maybe not so much. I got a lot of work to do, baby.
2: Hey, it's a work in progress. But that was the point I was trying to make because I think I skewed too hard to the logical side of things that this allows me to, I guess, even like move a little bit towards emotion.
5: Get out of your head a little bit. And deeper than emotion, actually, because our feelings, our emotions are are cognitive too, thoughts and feelings. Mm -hmm. So it's actually more visceral, body based. You're getting in your sensations. I got to talk
2: to my gut a little bit more, I think. Yeah. Okay, I'll work on that through the act of meditation. Um. All right, well, thank you again for coming in. Mm-hmm. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'll be honest. I, <laughs> I'm i not going to say it, actually. So I'll say it, and I'm probably going to get some backlash for this. From our phone call yesterday, I thought that you were going to be, like, 55. <laughs> <laughs> you are very articulate and intelligent, yes, and you have a you. very soothing voice. I was like, this old lady is <laughs> so wise beyond her years. Yeah. And now come to find out, you're what well, you're in your, your 20s, and so you're even wiser beyond the years that I thought you were already wow. wise beyond. Yeah, wow. Crazy.
5: That's kind, thank you. <laughs> I'm an old soul.
2: Um, anyways, you have a website, yes?
5: Yes, it's hewittmft.com, H-E-W-I-T-T. That's right. M F T.
2: And you don't have com. an Instagram?
5: Nope, I, I don't believe in social media. Okay. It creates the dopamine surge in the brain that... Um, contributes to addiction. Maybe I should
2: suffering. delete my Instagram. I don't believe in social media either, and mm-hmm. yet here we are. Well, <laughs> you use it to make money.
1: Well, more than that.
5: Well, yeah. So so do you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's you know if it's your you know livelihood if you use it for work that's one thing. But wow. I choose not to. Um, yeah, I just mark it through my that's website. Well,
2: you can't find her on uh, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, but you can definitely find her on the internet: Haley M F or I'm sorry Hewitt MFT.com. Uh, and it's H E W I T T. Mm-hmm. Okay, just like Packard Hewitt, Hewitt Packard.
5: No, that's Hewlett.
2: Oh
5: boy, <laughs> not here like Hewlett Packard. Not like that guy. Anyways, like Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> we're not related. There we <laughs> check go. Check it out. Yeah, check
2: it out. And uh, Haley, we'll circle back with you at a later date, and we'll see how everyone's doing then. Great. Thank Thanks you so much for coming around. in. Thank you, Haley. Great having Haley back in here. It's great to meet her face to
0: face. That was nice. Are right, we got emails? So, well, before we get to emails. I know
2: what's coming up. Okay, good.
0: We got <laughs> oh. on scrubbing In, we got Tanya's point of view on the date with Dean. And now we need to get Dean's point of view on the date with Dean. All right, can I get a little Tanya. preface?
1: Because I wasn't here. So there was like a conversation between you and Tanya that you guys were going on a date.
0: Dean's mouth is full of sugar bear hair. So I I will say mm, this. Because I hate the sound of people eating on microphone. It's a pet peeve of I agree. mine. It's the worst. He asked her out. He legitimately asked her out. He asked her out without any kind of, you know, preconceptions, any kind of tongue in cheek. There was nothing like that. He legitimately asked her out and she was very questioning of it. And what are your motivations? And are you just playing with me? Cause we've been friends for a long time. But he was like, No, I really want to take you out on a date. And she eventually relented and said yes. I broke
2: her down. You he did kind of, yeah. Because
0: her, her her guard is up. So he picked her up at 6:30 last Wednesday. Uh, they went to
2: Elefante. That's the number one garden. They were denied. Yes. What
0: <laughs> do you mean you were denied?
2: Uh, you didn't make a reservation for the date? So I tried to make a reservation. They were all booked up. They said, if you guys want to try and come to the bar, we might have seating for you. So we showed up at Elefante. Obviously, sure enough, they didn't have any seating. So um, Sonoma Wine Garden is like a two-block walk away, and it's actually much nicer. It's like a, a rooftop. You can kind of overlook and see the street.
0: We think that they weren't dressed nicely enough for Elefante. We think oh, they
1: were judged We were by both their... in jeans
2: and a t-shirt. Because they were going to a concert. Yeah. Oh, okay. What concert? Uh, Betty Who. So just a pure concert on Wednesday nights in Santa oh, Monica. Oh, Betty Who. Yeah,
1: it was actually really fun. Betty Who.
2: The funny thing is about this, I was thinking this on the way here, is it's such a funny thing to go on a date, especially with Tanya, because... Not only does she talk about it on scrubbing in with you guys, she talks about it on Ryan Seacrest in the morning. She did, yeah. Which is just so easy for me to find access to and listen to, and I'm like, I'm listening to her talk about a date that she went on with me. And I'm just it's just kind of funny and weird. Oh, you know, it's, it's very re- weird. It's
1: a really good plug for the podcast,
0: so I can't <laughs> complain. It's all
2: weird. Um, but I mean, the date went well. What did she did
0: she say anything on scrubbing in or on the Seacrest show that that really piqued your interest? That you thought, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know she felt that way.
2: Um, I think on scrubbing in She said something Along the lines of I was thinking about him Over the weekend Yes which I she thought did was say weird. that that's... Oh my You think that's weird? God. Not weird It was very sweet it was very, very sweet, sweet Yeah. Um,
1: she said So she was thinking about you Over the weekend After the date Yes Did you guys Alright hold on Let's hear about the date I want to hear your version Of the date
2: um, I picked her up at 6.30 Okay On the dot Okay yes. She said so yeah Right on time Bad boy. Um, We drove to Elefante uh, Valid my car Obviously we can get An Elefante So we walked down To Sonoma uh, had a glass of wine and some hummus and uh, a, sa- a beet salad because it's Tanya. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'm fine with it. I love yeah, hummus not, and not not a a love, I nice love beet and goat cheese salad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we walked down to the pier and uh, watched Betty who finish her set. She had like three songs left, and I don't really know anybody Who songs, but Tanya's a big fan, so it was fun to see her in her element. We like kind of danced around for a little bit. You did not hold hands. We there was a point where we were like, <sighs> she like reached for my hand, and I was like, well. To me, hand-holding is more intimate th- than kissing someone. It's like you hold hands with a girlfriend or a boyfriend.
0: It, it really is an announcement to the world.
2: Like, hey, look, we're in a relationship yes. sort of Yes, mm. yes. And it, for a first date, it just seems to me like I just I wasn't comfortable with it. I get that. <laughs> um, and then so we walked around and actually Sissany, who's on the morning show with Seacrest, uh, she and her husband have a plaque on the pier at the end. And so we like went down and found that, uh, which is really cool. It took us like maybe 20 minutes to find that, so that was fun and then we just walked back uh, and then I just drove her home. Did you guys kiss? Uh I got to her to her house. We walked up to her door and we just hugged and then I left. So no kiss. No kiss. Did you consider kissing her? I thought about it, but it's just it's, it's a very weird dynamic. It's a very weird dynamic. Because, Even describing it, it's weird. Yeah. And I I love Tanya. She's an incredible we all know she's an incredible human. Mm-hmm. I like there are some things that go through my mind like what are the repercussions of kissing her? Like let's say uh, the kiss is great. Let's say the kiss is horrible, right? Then like what happens when we see each other once a week for the rest of eternity or it's like, do, like, I don't know, it's just a lot to consider. It changes things? Is that the concern? It, it Of it course could. it changes things. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, and I also think it's not weird because you guys are weird, but it's weird because there's so much pressure on this day. Everybody knew about it. Everybody knew that you guys are going to come on the podcast and talk about it on air. So it's like that puts you already in awkward position. It's like it do you, like you're holding hands, you're kissing, it's like, and all right, let me ask you though, when you guys were like grabbing your glass of wine and having your beet salad, was it more of like friendship vibes, or was it more like, oh wow, this could potentially be more than friendship vibes? um, see, even that's awkward to ask because Tanya's are like that's it's a man, I don't know, this is toughy.
2: There's a lot that Tanya and I didn't know about each other that it was nice to be able to sit down and discuss, she, like she found you fascinating, she really did, Oh, well, I find her fascinating yeah. too. The weird thing is, I felt like. <laughs> She's very open. She wears herself and her personality on her sleeve. And so it's like what you see of her on the podcast and on Seacrest is exactly who she is. Yes, true. Um, and so there were no, like, blindsided blind sightings. Like, I wasn't caught off guard by anything that she said. Um, I think that she maybe was a little bit more so with, with things that I've told her just, like, about my life, uh, which is fine. And, and, like, like there was never a lull in the conversation. There was never, like, a moment of silence or anything like that. Um, it went really, really well. It just is – I think it's something that it should – be taken slowly before jumping in and playing tonsil hockey with each other why it's just something that needs to be um in my opinion more what's the word i'm looking for like cautious cautious is very important Is a good word it just like methodical maybe in a sense mm, of course mm-hmm. think things through before you think, take any action yes
0: no it makes sense it's a little delicate you want to be careful i get that yeah. now who set this date up
2: i did so you went to Tanya and was like, "I want to take you out on a date." Yeah, we were discussing, I think, on my on this podcast or on her podcast a couple weeks ago. I don't know. They're all one, the of the, one of one all <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. blend together. I'll blend together Mark's Mark hashtagging, scrubbing in when he's talking about help. I second right, he that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and I don't know. I was just like, "Let's go on a date. It'll be fun. If nothing else, it'll just be two friends hanging out." And obviously, obviously, sure enough, it like went well. I would assume that there will be a second date. I understand the ball's in my court. I listened to scrubbing in. She did ask me to go to church with her on Sunday. Yeah, and you passed on that, huh? Well, so I was celebrating my friend's birthday at a Bronco bar because the Broncos were playing. Yeah. I'm a big, big, big Broncos fan. Um, I will say I haven't had the best of luck with church dates as well. So post-breakup with Leslie, I went to a, a church maybe a handful of times. Uh, two of those times, I would say, were on a date. And it's fine. It just... <laughs> It, that's something that I also can only start doing once I'm comfortable enough in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, of mm-hmm. course. That it's such sense. a sensitive Is subject. that
1: a thing? People take dates to church? I've never, like...
2: Well, there was a lot. So, post-breakup, I was, like, super stressed, very anxious. I was like, I need to do something to help me, like, reestablish myself as a human. So, I, like, went a few times by myself. Uh, and then I went with, like, a friend... And then this girl that I w- was interested in dating like knew that I went and she wanted to come. And so I took her as a date. And then this other time she wanted to go. So she took me as a date. Uh, and so it's just one of those things where it's like, we're, we should be going anyways. So let's go together and enjoy it together. Yeah, it's w- a cute date. It, it's almost a test. It, it could be a test,
0: depending on who's doing the asking.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: it's not a, I don't think it's a cute and first date. And I think I date. failed that, de- <laughs> that test, Tanya's test.
1: Do you think it's a cute first date? I don't date? know it's a cute first I, date, no, no, I, I, yeah, but it's I a cute third
2: no.
0: or fourth date.
1: Yeah, of course. If you guys hang out, there's some chemistry there. And then at least if you invite her to church, she, she knows that you're religious and
2: blah, blah, You can have that conversation. Well, and Tanya knows I'm not religious. I'm right. open to the idea of that entire world, but mm-hmm. I on my own, I'm not. And that's the thing, too, is like when I went post breakup back in April when I started going, um, I went a few times and I was like, th- now I remember exactly why this isn't for me. Sure. Uh, because I hadn't gone to church since I was 15 years old, which oh, wow. so I went every Sunday until I was that age. Um, and it was just one of those things where I was like, I'm glad that I tried it again so that way I can kind of really reaffirm the fact that it's not something that I'm interested in right now. And again, like if the person that I eventually fell in love with and got married to, if that was a big component of their life, I would have no issue with that. But right now, it's just one of those things where it's like
1: totally makes sense. I'm, I'm curious to think though, if there wasn't so much pressure on this date between you and Tanya, if you would have held her hand or like been a little less cautious, just for the simple fact you're more in the moment rather than thinking about the ramifications of the date.
2: I think that there are there is two sides to this specific scenario. Um I've always been an advocate of Dating friends. And Tanya and I have been friends for a year, so we know each other pretty well. Um, That being said, it's kind of, on the other side of it, it kind of makes it a little bit more difficult to break down that romantic barrier because then we're holding hands and I'm like, oh, I'm just holding hands with a friend. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, So that's the challenge. And... So you're saying if if it was if I wasn't me and she wasn't there, the her. reason
1: I'm saying that is because you, you made a comment earlier where you said like holding hands for me is very intimate. It's boyfriend, girlfriend. I'm curious though, if you were just platonic friends with somebody, I think you'd hold their hands and have no issue with it because you're like, no, this is fine, whatever. But now that there's like a potential romance, you feel more awkward about yeah, holding their hand because you're point. thinking about the future rather than just being like this doesn't mean anything. Sure. I've held Ashley's hand. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. what, that's honestly the first thing that popped in my head before we started dating. But that was honestly oh, the first dude. thing that popped in my head. I'm, I'm, I, I'm fine with it guys. But no, it's because I remember Ashley told me that. Um, and,
2: uh, and then I was like, well, you're not holding Dean's hand in hand anymore, <laughs> baby. Uh, no, but that's a really good point because I think that both Ashley and I knew that there would never be like a romantic interest on either exactly. side. Exactly. So it wasn't
1: awkward. You guys are just friends holding hands. There's nothing to it. But now that you're like potentially forming this relationship with Tanya, she's no longer just a friend. She's a potential partner that you feel awkward holding your hand. And I'm just curious to think like, I wonder if you guys were just like, hey, let's hang out. This night, and then didn't put any um, projections on it. If you would have held her hand, so you're not a big thing, so but just
2: kind of something that popped in my head. So you're saying I shot it down before it even had the chance to take off? I don't think by you're putting shooting, too much
1: pressure on it. N- n- no, but I th- I'm curious to see if that this cautious approach will hinder it in any way rather than trying to let it blossom. But you're right, I don't think there's any other way to do it because we're all friends, we're all hanging out, we all work together, so it's like a little.
2: Blurry. Blurry, yeah. But it's interesting. So, so we'll see what happens next. Um, I have two see. more questions. Okay.
0: One, uh, she said you walked in front of her a lot. She did not like that. She didn't like that because we did a morning hack or something on the morning show. That That's that, that's a bad sign. That's a he's not into you sign. A guy who's really into you will slow his gait to, ne- to be
2: walking next to you. And the thing is, I don't really have much of a response to that because that's apparently a subconscious thing. Yeah, it is. I,
1: mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe
2: it was just one of those things where I've, I... I don't want to say I felt uncomfortable, but I just like I felt like I hadn't. I think that goes back to the
1: point that maybe your cautious approach might already like shoot down the potential of you guys having something because you're overthinking it. And you're not allowing yourself to be in the moment because you're too afraid of the consequences that could potentially come from you guys trying it and not working out. Right.
2: I feel like I kind of almost have an obligation to take things slow. Yeah, you do. Yeah, that makes sense. I think
1: you should. Man, it's. You poor bastard! I'm sorry they talk about your dates must on be, air. This Must be nice sucks. to be engaged. <laughs> I really, I'm feeling very grateful right now. Well, um, that's why
2: we're here. Help I suck at dating.
1: But I also want people to know that, like, everybody listening should really appreciate Tanya and Dean putting themselves out there and like analyzing your date. Even something as simple as walking in front. Yeah. Like, I'm sure so many people do that and they don't even realize. But you're willing to. You know, say, oh, yeah, I guess I was walking in front of her. Maybe that wasn't a good sign. Oops. Like, you're willing to say that, and Tanya's willing to talk about it too. So, I give you guys kudos.
0: One more thing. Yeah. So, Tanya, we talked about how she's just Tanya. There's, there is no air Tanya, off air Tanya. Right. It's just Tanya. Which so is, we, I love that about her. Absolutely. That's why she's so good at what she does. Yeah. Uh, when you're at Betty Who, and uh, when she's at a concert, she sings at the top of her lungs, dances yeah. like, like there's nobody watching, just sings so loud. And some of that was on Instagram. How do you perceive that? Because some would find that annoying and some find that adorable because it's like she's a 12-year-old. It's the most endearing thing
2: I out there, agree. I think. I
0: think it's adorable.
2: Yeah. Uh, I don't think that that would ever in my opinion, be considered a bad thing. Not at I all. Think, I think the opposite would be bad, where it's like they're within themselves. They're not able to let loose and have fun. And she was encouraging me, too. She was like, all right, no, like you go up there and jump up and down. I'm going to go over here and jump up and down. I was like, all right, right, let's great. Let's go. This is much more fun than it would be yeah. otherwise.
1: Totally. I love people that are willing to just make fools of themselves and yes. not even care because they love something so much. For example, if I was at a Matchbox 20 concert, I'm going to lose my s***. Sh- and like start screaming and like if Ashley was with me I hope she'd be like oh this is adorable conversely when we're at Backstreet Boys together Ashley loses her mind and I love that because
2: she just loves them so much that's a great quality Tanya possesses too is she's able to find joy in just about anything and I think that's pretty rare nowadays and so you find someone like that and you're like okay like this girl can make any situation into a fun situation especially for someone like me like I definitely I I noticed that and I'm like okay that's awesome every
1: time I see Tanya she is always smiling yeah She's,
2: she's awesome she's a light but uh, so in terms of next dates, I guess uh, we'll stop talking about it so much because it mean, does put pressure on it that's my advice to you but she so we were talking yesterday and she I, I made a comment that I've never seen a Grey's Anatomy episode and she's like, oh my God, you have to watch season two, episode 16 and 17. Oh, I, I don't know what that is, but I would watch The Guy Who Had the
0: Bomb in His Abdomen. I would watch that episode. <laughs> yeah, okay, watch we that watch one, too. one. That's the one I would watch. And,
2: and I'm like, okay, I'll definitely watch this to get a better understanding of who Tanya is as a person. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I made her watch my favorite childhood movie, uh, which is this anime movie. Easton might have heard of it. Have you ever heard of uh, Akita?
0: I don't know Akita.
2: Oh, it's it's wow. phenomenal. It's a, like, it's set in Neo Tokyo. It's It was made in like 1993. And not, not many people know that's one of my favorite movies. I actually told her that yesterday um i was like you're one of like three people
1: oh that wait i've been pronouncing it in a super white american akira. way yeah akira akira, akira. Yeah.
2: that's how i always yeah, knew yeah, yeah, yeah okay <laughs> I, phenomenal movie i've seen oh, parts okay. of it and
0: i've, I've
4: read parts of the manga as well. Oh,
2: Ooh. you're a bigger fan than I am. Eh, so you got her to bad. watch a Japanese animated movie from uh, 1988? I, I, I think I convinced her to do it, but she hasn't done it yet. Wow. So you
1: guys go from your second date at church to your third date at watching a Japanese animated movie. It's fantastic. I mean,
2: I
0: have a hundred questions, so this is hypocritical of me to say, but if I were you, I would ask her out on the down low, and you guys go out without telling anybody. I That's agree. probably what, but I'm what I'm doing. Who's but to if say I... we haven't already had a second date? Well, exactly. Ooh. Um, a couple of emails uh, here. Caitlin, <laughs> I wanted to get to real quickly. Caitlin had a first date, and she was so nervous for her, she felt physically ill. It was about an hour before Uh-oh. the date, and she remembered the hypnosis episode of the podcast. when nice. Dean was hypnotized, so she thought, I'm going to try it. Love it, Caitlin. It worked. Yeah. By the time the session was over, I was totally relaxed, calm, and excited for my date. And throughout the day, I was confident. I had a great time. I felt so comfortable with everything that was happening. It was fantastic. We have another date planned this weekend. Thank you so much for having a place to talk about things that are awkward or uncomfortable that we don't always want to address and sharing those discussions with us. Huge fan of all three of you, including Vanessa. That's very sweet. Thank you so much, Caitlin. That is very sweet. And Whitney uh, has a question. Oh, oh, what? Never mind.
2: Sorry, are you going to talk about it? For I a second? didn't say including Vanessa. I thought that that was funny. No, I was
0: just saying the three of you. Three of you. Vanessa's on studio, she needs right? You two and Vanessa. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, Whitney met a guy at a wedding a couple of years ago. Totally hit it off. Nothing physical happened, but we exchanged phone numbers. At the time, we were long distance. He was in Chicago, and I was in Minneapolis. But I, we did hang out a few times when I visited. We talked for several months after. I just moved to Chicago for a job. Since I've arrived, he's initiated more conversations and outings in one-on-one dates and in groups. He helped me do random stuff around my condo. He's been very present. I don't feel like I'm in the friend zone, but he's also not straight up asked me out on a date or made a move. What am I missing? Help. I super-duper suck at dating.
1: Winnie, I don't think you super-duper suck at dating. I think he might suck a little bit.
0: Guys, I, guys, guys
1: suck. We're just afraid to step up yes, and ask.
0: Yes, it's really true.
1: We're just, like, you ever seen that episode of Boy Meets World where uh, Eric goes up on stage and he's like, uh, since the beginning of time, men uh, have been stupid. And then he's like, this is to make up for it. And then all the guys come out and dance. This is how I feel about guys. We just, like, we continue to mess up. Time after time, and maybe this guy's just really afraid to ask you out, but he's always like lingering around, hoping that
2: something might happen. The challenging thing for a guy sometimes too is, and I think Tanya and I have we just discussed this a little bit, is you spend all this time building a rapport with someone, but that rapport is purely friend friendly, and then it's hard to break through that wall of going from friend to romantic because you have such a strong foundation as friends, and it's like okay, then it's going to be awkward if. Maybe I'll ask her out. Maybe she'll say no. And then maybe like the friendship is jeopardized at that point too.
0: Who cares? Why do we need so many friends? I've never understood that argument. I hate friends.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Friends suck. Help, I suck at dating.
0: I just don't get the, I don't know why you need so many friends of the opposite sex that you don't want to ruin the friendship. Ruin it. If you have those feelings, it's kind of ruined anyway. You're not just going to be friends for the rest of your life. Um, My thing is that, you know, when I'm older, as as, uh, we've talked about before. And uh, so back in the day, you hated asking people out because it's you get nervous and you want to throw up and you're putting yourself out there and you're afraid of rejection. We didn't have a choice though. Nowadays, it seems you have a choice because you can just swipe, 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 swipe and do all this other stuff They you don't really have to ask anybody out. And you go on group dates and you just casual or maybe it's just gotten worse and worse and worse over the years. But it seems like no guys want to step up. I think he's interested. I Same. think there's no other reason for him to be always around and always doing stuff for you and oh. hanging out at your condo.
1: And they've hung out in groups. He's helped
3: her. To so to whose responsibility is to
0: ask who out? the guy or the girl can I, she just ask him out I love the idea of her just saying hey can we go on a date Modern or woman like that yeah. yeah modern woman I say go for it
1: I, I agree I say go for it too he's not really stepping up but he's always around so there's probably some sort of interest there there's gotta be and so yeah Whitney I'd suggest asking him out you and know if what's it's the worst weird, thing to happen it, exactly. What's the worst that can happen? Or, or says, maybe
2: invite him over to the apartment one time to help you like hang a shelf and then just jump his bones. Jump yeah, on. Yeah, and
1: him. then just show you're only wearing a t-shirt. That works a hundred percent of the no time. A yeah. no no just
2: good that's that's honestly that's my suggestion. Maybe turn on some Netflix, get some glasses of wine. Put some Barry Manilow on, dim <laughs> the lights. Well that's a sensory
1: overload. We can't have Barry Manilow and Netflix <laughs> <Yeah>. on the same time. you know, get a few sessions from the master cuddler before she
4: comes over. <laughs>
1: Oh, Uh, good God in heaven. Those are all the emails we have today. That's all we got. All the emails. We'll keep, please keep sending the emails in. Those are my favorite part of the show. I suck
0: at dating at iheartmedia.com.
1: Perfect. Keep sending them there. Thank you so much uh, to Samantha Hess from the, not not professional cuddler anymore. She is a master cuddler. Thank you so much for Samantha coming on the podcast. Thank you so much, Haley, uh, for doing a therapy session with Dean. I know Dean gained a lot from that, and so did we as listeners. Haley, you are welcome to any time. Please... Come visit, Uh, thank you, Planet Hollywood, where all of us will be
2: this weekend for the iHeart Festival. Question before we sign off fully and completely. Totally. What's up? Is it inappropriate to ask uh, a a prospective therapist out on a date? No, right? (laughs) I don't think so at this point. Yeah, I think
0: if you had a private session in her office, then it becomes weird. But she was a guest on your podcast.
1: Okay. And I got news for you. She's probably going to listen to the podcast because she was on it. So she's going to know that you're kind of liking her a little <laughs> bit. It's all part of the plan. Her
2: God, Dean, you're so smart. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Help I Suck at Dating. I'm Dean. This is Jared with Mark and Easton. Tune in next week where maybe we'll suck a little bit less. Follow Help by Socket
0: Dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.